Hi. Hey. This is Meg. This is Tom. And you are listening to On the Clock. You are, and it's a very special episode because we have a birthday. We do have a birthday. We He's have lifting a birthday. up our cat. It's not it the is... cat's birthday. It's not, and she's freaking out because she knows it's not her birthday. But she's not yelling into the mic. She yells every other time except when she's there's a microphone no, she's not, near her. She's not gonna bite. She's just gonna bite about she's it. She's gonna bite fine. my wrist. All right, it's fine. It's very normal. It's Meg's birthday. It's my birthday. Well, yesterday was my birthday, it but was, yeah. It's a two-day birthday. <laughs> Yeah, we'll go with that. I get to record today, so that's my other birthday present. I also got myself a fancy new mic. Well, it's not very fancy, but it's, like, fancier than the headphones from an office that we were using. Yeah. So hopefully you can hear me a bit better now and there's not too much of an echo. I noticed recording last time and editing, there was an echo, and I was kind of breaking up my words, yeah. and I just, ugh, I'm it's, sorry. Now it's, we mentioned it, so it's a hidden Easter egg. Yeah, it's now you have to go listen to the first one again and see if you can see the, the missing words. Giving you a real peek behind the curtain there. Yeah. Um, welcome to On the Clock. Welcome we have to some clock. topics yeah. that we would like to discuss today. Yeah, and I'm bringing up my timer right now. I didn't have it up before because I wanted to give you this good, good audio of me frantically putting a timer on <laughs> uh, and not because I'm unprepared as always. Yeah, no, not at all. We didn't just research like literally a half hour before the show either. Not at all. Not even a little. No, mm -mm. we're very prepared podcast hosts. Um, so we are going to get right started now, aren't we? Yeah. Um, let's go. Topic one, three, two, one. Tick. Woo. Okay. So, topic one. Do you want to go into it first? Uh, I, you could go into it first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. No, I'm just kidding. It's me. Um, so, I want to talk about uh, video games, I guess, um, that yeah. we've been playing in quarantine um, in regards to escapism. So, specifically, yeah. two games that we've been playing um, as forms of escapism. Uh, Civilization 6, which I don't know if a lot of people know about this game. It's, I mean, it's well known. It's not the hotness right now like uh, the other game that we're going to talk about. But it is, the Civ series has a special part <laughs> in my, the Civ, it has a special place in my heart. Um, it's been my go-to comfort game for like a good few years. Uh, Civilization 6 and its predecessor, Civilization 5. Yeah, we, um, we honestly, we haven't played it for a very long time, and, um, I think we just got started up on it again during quarantine. Um, while I was sick, I, I kind of wanted to play the game, and Tom was stuck quarantined with me, so he had to play with me. Um, and I really didn't know about it until I started dating him, and we were playing it in his basement, and I was kind of bored, but, like... Now that I, like, got into it during my sickness, I'm kind of just, like, in love. It's so much fun. It hooks you um, in there. It really does. There's some people who are, like, right assholes that, like, Christina from Sweden. Oh, God, she's a right bitch. Um, anyway, yeah. I'll talk about the actual, like, concept of that game in just a second. But our second game, I just kind of want to title it. 
<laughs> is um, Animal Crossing New Horizon. You already knew it was coming. Um, you got the name right. <laughs> I, I did. I practiced earlier to make sure. I, I always say Animal Crossings, and Tom makes fun of me because I say Animal Crossings. But um, there's multiple animals that are crossing, so I think it's fine. But wouldn't okay? Wouldn't it be Animals Crossing? No, it's Animal Crossings because it's their different paths that are crossing. So it's definitely okay, yeah. Animal Crossing. No, I know the name of the game is Animal Crossing. It's um, Animal Crossings, actually. No, I'm uh, sorry. okay. <laughs> I'm gonna get so much hate for this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, obviously I am obsessed with this game. Um, it's organizing and curating an island to however you want it. And it's so peaceful and calming right now. I just, I cannot tell you how helpful it has been for my sanity. Um, so yeah, uh, I think because Civ 6 is something that maybe not a lot of people know about, um, I wanted to kind of go into uh, a little bit more of an explanation of what Civ 6 is. Yeah, okay. So the Civilization series, you basically play as like a sort of world leader slash gestalt people and government of a country. And you basically play as this country and you try to win the, the world. You try to win the game of civilization. Win the world. You yeah. You try to become the best civilization in the world at something, like science, culture, or whatever. Or domination, in which yes. you're just like being a goddamn boss and just killing everybody. Yeah. So it's um the. It's got something for everyone. Yeah, it really do. It's some for the whole family. <laughs> Uh, and these games, like, they don't seem very similar on the surface, but we are uh, talking about them together because they both sort of uh, represent... Similar themes. Yeah. They're, they're both these games where you have to build up a very, like, impressive thing in a sort of simulation-esque type of game. Uh, Animal Crossing simulating, like... A person's life in an island full of animal people when civilization is more simulates like uh, a people or a country through like the ages of history yeah um, it's it's different uh, forms of escapism like I like to think of it in like contrasting ways like Civ 6 is like escapism into the past um which could be helpful for some people and you know nurturing and then animal crossing new horizon is like escapism into the future um in which animals take over and then they just take up real estate on islands or something or it's like uh it's almost at this point in time like an alternate present right like yeah it's it's a world where you can go out and build things around your house or do things and socialize with your friends at their houses which you can't do right now which is just honestly like i've heard so many different people talk about how this is like this game came out in such a unique time where there's never going to be a different kind of situation in which this could be so lucrative and 
productive um, and, like, honestly, helpful for a lot of people. Um, it, it just, like, it came out at this such at such a unique moment that I think it stands alone in game history, I think, of, like, how it kind of measures up. It just, like, it creates this, um, this really safe haven, and I know a lot of it, like, I've gotten, I've heard a lot of talk on, like, Twitter, because, I mean, of course, Twitter will. Um, they talk about, like, oh, well, Tom Nook is a capitalist. He just, like, keeps enticing you, and I'm like, yeah, obviously, the shit is, like, the shit is not good. Tom Nook is the worst. Do I still want, like, three more rooms in my house and, like, to have infrastructure on my island? A fucking course I do. Like, come on. I mean, he's pretty nice for a landlord. <laughs> He's a nice landlord, but he does wheel you in. I mean, he doesn't give you, like, a due for your rent payment. Like, he doesn't give you a date where it's late. Yeah, he, he lets you pay in installments, which is nice. He lets you pay in nook miles, which I don't know what those are, but it's not money. Yeah, it's, uh, well, no, he only lets you pay in nook miles the first time around. Oh, okay. Every other time you're playing in bells. Tom has been watching me play for the last couple weeks. He is not really played because um, he refuses to make another character to live on my island. He got this for me as a birthday present. He got me Animal Crossing, and I'm just, like, completely obsessed. Oh, she said it. I did. <laughs> you did. It was very sweet, and I'm obsessed now, so thank you. But, yeah. Um... <laughs> like, I understand the idea of it being a little um, <laughs> capitalist-driven, obviously. I mean, we're literally going to different islands um, and pillaging the land for its resources. It's kind like, of, like, it's the same with Civ, too. They're both kind of like colonialism yeah. simulators, which isn't great. Which is what I also wanted to talk about with this. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are All we right. gonna Surprise get into it? Topic. Yeah. Let's get into it. Okay. That's, we're like over five minutes in. We should probably <laughs> get into it. In. Yeah. Um. So, I want to talk about some pros and cons to this. So, um, and I'll kind of like go into the con eventually when we get in there. Um. But the pro, um, as somebody who suffers from anxiety. Um, and like depression and is kind of like going through a, a bit of a rough time with this whole quarantine situation. I mean, like I was sick for over two weeks and I was, I was not doing great and, um, yeah, it was pretty bad. And just like not being able to see my family, um, not being able to like check on my sister while she was going through some hard, some hard times. It was it was really, really rough, and I was getting super stressed out and anxious, and I'm going to tell you, this game, it sounds so placating, but this game really did help with my anxiety. It's like, it's the music, it's the atmosphere, it's just like the concept of it, of like creating something that is your own, and something so happy and wholesome and helpful. 
it really helped me through this kind of time. And I know that sounds like really, like, it might sound dumb to some people, but I know that there are also some people who kind of agree with me. I, I think that this is helping a lot of people through a pretty rough time to have something to look forward to, to have some sort of connection like we were talking about earlier with your friends. It's really nice and needed at a time like this. Yeah. I think uh, I really enjoy, um, I, I never played Animal Crossings before this, so I don't really know if there's any aspects that are different. I heard that there's, um, like, the, the way that you build things is different. Um, I think I heard somebody talk about how, like, you don't just, like, get the thing, like, you have to have the materials to build the thing. I don't know if I'm saying that wrong or if it may be a different oh, thing. Oh, yeah, like I think in previous games there wasn't like a crafting system. There wasn't a crafting thing. I personally like the crafting thing. It he, it keeps yeah. me accountable for my shit. Like, I'm not just like getting these things. I'm like building this shit. I need to like know what resources I have. Yeah. I need to know what I need to do. Um, it's categorizing. It's strategic. And my fucking weird ass mind is like hell yes giving me all of the organization that i need for this video game it's <laughs> it's it's very nice um and just like the little creative touches like they had a little celebration for my birthday that was really sweet it was i got to like whack a pinata and blow out birthday candles it was so cute they didn't need to do that but they put that in there for they us they did it made me feel nice i loved it so yeah, it's just like the personal little touches that I think are great. I'm actually excited for like the fall and winter months because I heard like Animal Crossings does um, like cater to seasons and things like that. I'm wondering if they do that with the islands just because like, you know, the climate can't be super different. Like I know it rains, but I, d I don't know if they're doing anything specific with islands on it. They're going to um, make it snow. That would be really rad. I would. Re I love winter in games like that's like one of my <laughs> he's laughing at me i love the winter modes in any games like laura croft tomb raider like they had at least three different um <laughs> snow levels and like three different game versions really bringing it back there with the I, <laughs> tomb raider for playstation 2 i am and it was wonderful and i loved it um they have that with breath of the wild some locations are snow themed and i enjoy that uh, I'm just going to keep talking it's about really this. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's true. When I first introduced her to Civ Five, and I'm like, hey, you want to set up a map? She's like, yeah. And then I'm like, all right, these are the map types. I usually use uh, these four. And then she completely ignores where I'm pointing and then goes straight down to Ice Age. I want that snowy business. Yeah, great. And then we're all stuck having no food for any of our cities because all the tiles are tundra. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I like snow and games. Um, so yeah, those those nice touches I think are going to be creative and fun. Um, some of the negatives I do see are like the kind of idea of escapism in a negative way. Like we're not really focusing on the problems at hand, but um, like we're creating a different society in a game instead of focusing on like the issues that we have, which can be good and bad. Like honestly, I can't really expect a lot of like families to just like gang up and like just every single one of them like have outrage and get ready to protest or something like i can't expect that from people and i don't like if you want to have fun with your family and play a game that lets you make an island and have fun together obviously 
have fun and do that. If that makes your family happy and you're doing that right now during a hard time, I congratulations on having some time with your family. Like, obviously, that's not something everybody has had the opportunity to do yeah. in the past. Like, this gives us a unique opportunity to do that. Um, I do think that, like, us kind of burying our heads in the sand at times isn't great, but, like, that that kind of goes into the nihilism I was talking about last um, last episode, last week. Yeah. So, I can't really, I can't really talk about it more than that. Um, but, yeah, I, it's kind of, I have written down portrayals of uh, capitalism and authoritarianism within gaming themes that mirror our current state. I mean, it's... <laughs> Wow, I got I got real up in there. I don't know you why. Flew very f- close to the sun <laughs> when you were writing the show notes. Yeah, I was like, you know, this is some deeper shit that's in these games that I didn't think about. Yeah, and I mean, Civ is like a lot of the same way because it's like it. They're both fundamentally games about like building something up. Um, so, I'm going to lean into you on that one because, like, that's your yeah, game. That's, that's your bag. That's my shit. That's my shit. So, yeah, a lot of it is, like, escapism. If you're, like, a leftist like we are, then I think the the world has seemed kind of on a – like, it's falling down a flight of stairs continuously since 2016, <laughs> more so this year than even in the previous four years. Uh, yeah, we're just like we're past the stairs. We're off a cliff now. We just went out the window into a cliff. And there's, I I don't know. There's something about like just having a game where you can run your own country that is, uh, like comforting, cathartic, or escapist all at the same time, depending on how you want to go with it. Like Civ Six, they've built this game where you can run a country and stop other countries from doing an imperialism or like reverse global warming and it's just like it's nice even though it's just a simulation it's it's nice to have that power in your hands as an individual even if it's only for like a couple hours after you come home from work yeah i think that plus you just get into like the system of it where you just get because it's like an, on a turn basis where um, things develop on a turn-by-turn basis. Like you yeah. could uh, be setting up a terracotta army, which is like a wonder, but it also yeah. aids in your army um, in one city. And it could take like 20 turns to complete. And like you just want to keep com- – you want to keep playing until you complete that that project oh yeah the the turn to turn addictiveness of civ is like i want to say it's basically like a meme even to the developers like yeah for real in civ 5 when you hit a victory or when one of the players gets a victory it would give you an option like do you want to um end the game here since victory has been achieved or you want to just keep playing for one more turn and you just click on the button that says just one more turn one more i think i did that too like um we finished a game we finished my first game because it was it's like on a 500 or something turn basis is like one of the smaller amounts yeah i think we did like a quick speed for the first game yeah and um 
Yeah, he beat me because yeah, of course. Um, I got that. He was playing victory. America too. Yeah, well, that's the you know part of the catharsis of Civ Six. You can pretend that America is actually a competently run, <laughs> nice country. They give they give apple pies to other countries. It's very cute. Yeah. <laughs> is it realistic? No, except for the part where I set Australia on fire. Yeah. Yeah. God, you get so mad at Australia in this game, though. What? Okay. Wait, you mean me specifically no, or I the mean, player? No, I mean, like, in general. Because like, we played another game, and you straight up, like, took I... over all of their cities before we hit. Listen, okay. <laughs> I have history with John Carter, and John Carter is dead to me. <laughs> so... John Curtin. Curtin. John Carter is the leader of the Mars faction. (laughs) I have history with him as well. See, I can't mix up my history with sci-fi because nerds will rebel against me. But listen to me when I say I I really just think of John Curtin and John Carter as the same person. (laughs) You can hate me later. I'm sorry. I mix up everybody's name in this game. I'm a terrible person. Um, but I'm not as much of a history nerd as Tom is. I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, I find it charming. <laughs> it, well, yeah, it's very charming. Like the Australian icon, it's like they they put these icons together, and all these countries have real fucking flags. Yeah. They could have they like in Civ Five. Um, they they have like a little square portrait for a Civ, and it would usually just be a flag for any modern country that actually had a flag. Um, but in this one, the icon for Australia is just a fucking kangaroo in a boxing pose. Like, it's the flag that Team <laughs> Fortress 2 made up for the King of Australia. Oh my god. Oh, that's our time. That's our time. <laughs> yeah, we could talk for, like, hours about video games, if I'm being real. Especially like, Civ Six for me. Yeah. It gets it gets deep. We might play it later tonight. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of want to now. I have wanted to for days. I'm so glad you're saying that. <laughs> okay. Well, not right now because we have our next topic. We do. We have three more topics to cover for you guys and a lightning round. Yeah, I'm letting him do the lightning round yeah. this time because I, 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 I kind of yeah. blindsided him last time, so he's blindsiding so me. Be an equal ambush. So yeah, get on with it. All right, are you going to set that timer? It's already going. Oh, fuck. All right, okay. Come on, we're already 10 seconds in. Start talking. <laughs> Don't peak my anxiety. Um, empty stadium wrestling and wrestling layoffs. Ah! Uh, so, yeah, the, it's, the world of wrestling entertainment and also the world of wrestling is in a hell of a state right now. So, since COVID-19 has banned... Uh, basically, effectively, banned large gatherings of people for sporting events. Um, the world of wrestling has, well, at first they tried to adapt by doing these empty arena shows and still airing them on television. So the two big American wrestling companies, uh, WWE and AEW, have been uh, effectively having their entertainers put on wrestling matches in a ring surrounded by empty chairs and the the announcers sitting lonely at a desk. It's so weird and it's usually just Michael Cole who is like one announcer. Yeah. And sometimes like Triple H will come out who is a former wrestler, yeah. now manager of NXT and he I guess 
guest commentator. Yeah. Or um, like he'll come did. out and he'll like just talk shit about Michael Cole. Yeah. Or like JBL, who I mean, basically every commentator makes fun of Michael Cole. Just imagine if you don't know who he is, imagine a jar of mayonnaise with a business haircut. That's him. Yeah. With a side of Mountain Dew. Oh God, it's. Ugh. The the empty stadium wrestling is just it's so bizarre because this is a media, this is just this is a formula that that thrives so much on audience participation yeah, and audience buildup. Like it's just it, it's kind of crazy to see it without it because you just you hear the pauses, you hear the quiet, and it just makes it so awkward, um, not in a poignant way, in a very we don't know how to deal with this kind of way. Right. But that gets better. And they, yeah, they, they make a joke out of it for, like, the first couple of weeks, and that's pretty yeah. funny. Like, they have, uh, what, they did an episode where, like, Stone Cold got in the ring, and he was like, <laughs> give me a hell yeah, and turns to the audience, and the camera just, like, holds over an empty ro- empty three rows of chairs for two seconds. It's It's very funny. It's... <laughs> Yeah, there was it, this clip particularly got passed around on social media, yeah. like reminiscent of a clip from the Eric Andre show or something or other. It's it's very good at times. It made me kind of uncomfortable because the thought of people wrestling during uh, a virus yeah. that is said to make you be six feet apart, and then you're like literally wrestling and sweating and breathing on each other. It makes me very uncomfortable yeah and the um, the medium does kind of suffer like after those first few weeks yeah like it stops being funny and it's it just it really takes away from what it was uh honestly by wrestlemania we watched wrestlemania very late we watched it like a couple weeks um and it it was after we found out about um the company layoffs which we'll get into yeah. Um, but we were kind of just watching it very cynically, very um, half-heartedly. It's just it's not as entertaining when you when you understand the context behind what's going on. Having an empty stadium WrestleMania is just such an extremely bizarre concept. And I think we were watching it like this is WrestleMania. This is happening right now. This is so this is so weird. Yeah. It's, like, always their biggest event of the year. They hold it. It's, like, the one event that they still always hold in an outdoor stadium because they need to fit more people into it. We got we get really excited, like, every year. We do, like, a whole, like, meal thing. Like, we get, yeah. like, uh, a snack brigade out to watch it. Um, I think we just watched it on my birthday. <laughs> yeah, we watched um, it, like, two weeks day. late because we were just not... We were behind for one thing, and we were we just were not behind. Hyped. Yeah, and it was just like it was just not a thing that we were really into right now. Um, but yeah, uh, partly why we were not into that is because of the layoffs that uh, WWE had um, put in place and announced. Not much. Um, yeah, yeah, we weren't excited for this before they revealed themselves to be well, not revealed. We always kind of knew that this company is run by a pack of cannibalistic ghouls, much like most large corporations in America. But yeah. they did something that was unexpectedly heinous. Um, 
they fired in the last Rusev. Week. Yeah. They, they fired Rusev. It's it makes me so sad. Yeah, so basically what happened was after WrestleMania for like a week passed and then WWE um announced sweeping cuts some of the the worst in the history of the industry due to coronavirus, you know, shows being canceled or reduced in size um which would normally be tragic but perhaps expected when a business is suffering from not having all these contracts that they normally have. However, WWE um, spent millions of dollars and political favors to get themselves pronounced an essential business by the government of Florida, which is where their performance center, the tapings are based, which we will get into that, but They've yeah. also, you know, spent millions of dollars on that, and the company is known to have millions of dollars in cash reserves. They could ride this out. They have the, the, the money to do so, and many smaller wrestling promotions have opted to do so. The other main competitor to them, AEW, hasn't announced any such cuts, at least not to my knowledge. Yeah, um, basically... Uh, <sighs> They they cut a lot of people um, th- proclaiming they needed to make budget cuts, but that obviously when we come to the knowledge of like how big businesses are profiting more from the business relief than the smaller businesses, which is what the fund was for, um, you can obviously understand how they're profiting from this more than they say they are and they are still not willing to support their workers which is absolutely awful especially since um they still had uh people basically um advocating like some of their workers advocating to just have people stay home there is a um an article um basically it it just says that um one of the workers one of the employees um, tried to speak with Florida representatives, telling them, like, listen, uh, this is not an essential business, and we are being forced to work. He wouldn't even give his actual name because he didn't want to get fired, which, I mean, is kind of like the feeling of a lot of people right now who are working. Um, and I think this just kind of exemplifies it in a different way of, like, this is something that uh, I mean, we consume it. Like, this is a media that we consume um, pretty um, pretty regularly, I think. We're pretty avid wrestling fans. We haven't been watching yeah. as much as usual, but, like, a lot of people watch... To be fair, it's been bad recently. Yeah, it's, it's been pretty bad. Um, but, you know, we, we've been consuming it, and a lot of other people have as well for a while now. Um, but just, like, the fact that this kind of medium is getting affected so harshly. Workers and um, talent within the field have been either let go or are forced to work under circumstances where they can't yeah. social distance. And don't it get, kind of... Sorry, go ahead. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that one guy who was, like, trying to speak to Florida representatives, he was sick, right? I don't know if he was sick or not. It didn't say so in the article. Oh, okay. That must I must be thinking of something else. It might have it might have been the case. Uh, I think somebody 
I've heard in the grapevine, at least, of wrestling news, um, that somebody uh, has been sick, but that could be just hearsay. Um, But, like, you know, it's just... When you think about, like, how you consume this media and generally, like, you don't even think about, like, how awful the giant corporation is that's not taking care of their their talent or their workers generally. Like, the talent doesn't yeah. ever barely get health care regularly. And now, given the fact that they're laying off a bunch of employees, like, it kind of puts into perspective, like, well, if this is happening with media that you consume regularly, what do you think is happening to other places that you go to all the time? Like Walmart or Target or Starbucks? Yeah. Like, what do you what do you think they're doing? If you think, like, people have been talking about, like, WWE's arguably their biggest star, Roman Reigns, had to call off his appearance at WrestleMania because he's recovering from leukemia and uh, is immunocompromised. People are talking about, oh, is the company going to punish him for skipping their biggest event of the year? What do you think, like, a fucking Whole Foods employee has to deal with Yeah. when they have like, a sore throat? Yeah, it, it's just, it's it's really hard to think about. It makes me sad to see, like, really good talent um, let go. Like, Gallows and Anderson, um, yep. which... I was never, like, super fans of, but at the same time, I, I was really into the whole Bullet Club um, They were at WrestleMania. Yeah, they were at WrestleMania. Like, I had to think that they were they were contemplating letting them go, like, around this time. Why would they have them they, they, at WrestleMania? They were in a match with The Undertaker and released yeah. weeks later. Yeah. Like, they, they let go of Rusev. Who that broke my heart. I oh, absolutely. Yeah. He was one of the first wrestlers I really got into because I I've really only been watching wrestling for about three years and he was just one of the ones I absolutely fell in love with. Like, there's a fucking holiday for Rusev. It's called Rusev Day. Yeah, I marked and, it down in my uh, calendar on the day it was proclaimed. It's beautiful and I'm so sad to see him go. And I want to talk about like where do we go from here? I did. I really want to talk about like the McMahon's political connections because it's a wild fucking ride. Do it. Like, do it. Do it. Do it. Oh, I don't know if we're out of time, but basically, so Linda McMahon, uh, Vince McMahon's wife. Vince McMahon is the owner of WWE. For you, those who don't know, um, she's basically has a, a career. Uh, she ran for the Senate Senate of Connecticut twice um, and failed both times. And then basically sort of pivoted after losing twice, despite having, like, a very famous face that she could use. Anyway, she pivoted to being basically a donor-slash-fundraiser for right-wing groups, um, basically using the money and influence of, of her family to buy her way into politics. And from that point on, all of her positions have been just, like, appointed, uh, which peaked when President Trump appointed her as the advisor of um, the Small Business Advisory, I, th- I believe. Yes. For two years in 2017. And you may have thought that that's the last you'd see of the McMahons in in the White House cabinet. But no, because recently... Oh boy, uh, as, tell me this. As part of the sort of um, consultancy to reopen America, President Trump said he was communicating with several the heads of several sports leagues including your boy vincent kennedy mcmahon this 
gravelly demon old man. I am morbidly fascinated by Vince McMahon, and I can't get... I could go a whole 20 minutes on Vince McMahon. I can't get into it now. But they use those political connections and their massive money to get themselves declared an unessential business in Florida. So, and then the president evidently impressed by that level of corruption has now invited them to consult on reopening sports and sports entertainment. This makes me want to gag. It's horrible. A lot. Um, and honestly, so we're gonna we're gonna switch to AEW, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's I want to talk about where to go from here because this is pretty much the end of WWE for yeah. us. I don't think we can really stomach watching it anymore right now. We can't. Um, it's just God. We've struggled ethically with it for a while, but it was just like yeah. I mean, Becky the Saudi Lynch. Arabia showings was one yeah. thing. We we don't watch the Saudi Arabia showings. We were con- we were contemplating canceling our subscription just because of that. Um, but like yeah. you know, the Royal Rumble was really really good. I was extremely excited for Drew McIntyre's match at WrestleMania. But like just, it's honestly even watching Becky's match during WrestleMania with Shayna Baszler and how it was pretty much just was like a throwaway match. Kind of dead, yeah. It was like it wasn't anything. I was. I was really rooting for, like, a deep change in Becky's character because I think she's kind of, like, on time for that. Um, But anyway, I just... I think it's time for us to move on from this and kind of think about the the kind of media that we consume. Yeah, I think we're going to definitely give AEW a try. I've been wanting to ever since uh, John Moxley moved over there, and now... The old Luke Harper. He has an eye patch now. Yeah, it looks wonderful, very Metal Gear. Um, Luke I'm Harper so excited. is now there under the name Brody Lee. Uh, I'm sure a bunch of the WWE talent that have been furloughed are going to go there. The Revival probably would fit in great. Yeah. Uh, Rusev, who I think his real name is like Alexei Miroslav, something Which like is that. Very badass. Already. It's so I don't know why he doesn't wrestle under his real name. It's excellent. Um, he's I really go hope there. he goes there, honestly. I also am going to watch, you know, on the subject of pre-tape matches, I'm going to go back to watching Lucha Underground, I think. Which, yeah. Which does a much, much better job than WWE did. ever did with pre-tape matches. You know? Yeah, that Boneyard match with The Undertaker was like, mm, it, was, it was not it, Chief. It and... was, yeah, it was like... The sad thing is it's one of their better pre-taped matches, and even just, like, as it's going on, I am I could just point out, like, it would be incredibly easy to just tweak this, this, and this and make this a lot better, but... Yeah, and I mean, honestly, the only other pre-taped match that I remember watching was uh, Bray, Har- Bray Hardy, Bray Wyatt versus Matt Hardy, and um, the only reason I liked that was because there was a giraffe there. Yeah. And Bray Wyatt, and I like Bray Wyatt a lot. I love his... God, I had such high hopes for him as the Fiend. Oh my god, that's like my dream yeah. character. <laughs> this sounds good. It's just, instead, he's just, just so watch great. just watch Lucha Underground, where there's like, instead of just having one psychopath demon person, there's like, probably Hi. half the roster are that. Yeah. It's, it's really good. It's, um, it's basically, if they made 
Mexican Mortal Kombat, the television series. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. I think I might watch Glow season three because we haven't watched that yet, which is like astounding, oh, honestly. Yeah. Um, because I absolutely love Glow, um, and season I really, really want to watch it. It was just like fantastic. I think I rewatched Glow the entire first year of us dating. I'm not gonna lie. I remember season two of Glow much less. I don't think that one was as good, but I hope season three is good. Yeah, season two is kind of lame. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to try new kinds of wrestling. Um, I might. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen the May Young tournament. Um, any like things about it? For a while, so I don't know when that's happening. I mean, that's WWE, though. I know, that's what I mean. Like, I was contemplating, like, watching just that, but at the same time, it's like, uh, no, no, no. So, no. Yeah, WWE, do better um, if you want us to watch again. Just fire the McMahons. Get the McMahons out of the fucking office. I mean, fire those lizard demons. They're. I literally just the <laughs> workers unite take over the wrestling company like I'm absolutely certain that 75% of the wrestlers who work there would write storylines better than their writers and the one storyline they wrote recently that was good the Otis storyline they fired one of the writers on that it's simply an atrocity I'm so upset it's mind-boggling here's a story here's a nice story you could have have the workers the writers and the wrestlers unite to literally just fight the mcmahons crush have them fight the mcmahon regime fucking kendo stick vince mcmahon and his wobbly knees i don't care if the timer's going off he's going down he would do it if he was making money from it too He's not going to make money from it because the no. workers will steal it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just, I just want them to be taken about care this. of. The timer is, ta- the timer is up. <laughs> WWE, do better. That's it. I promise. Do That's better. It. Maybe hold another evolution. Yeah. Okay. Sure. They're gonna do that. I haven't seen the Iconics in like months. They're not gonna do another evolution. I was literally scared they got let go. I had to, like, look it up to make sure, because those okay. are my bitches. Those are my girls. We have to stop talking. We got to stop talking about this. The timer is up. I think we have to edit this out. It might be the law. Don't do that. I mentioned the Iconics. I love the Iconics. They are iconic. They're iconic. All right, there you so, go, John Curtin. Australian. Yeah. <laughs> tying it back somehow. Um, All right, let's go to an ad break. Ad break. On the subject of athletics, um, are you you tired of not being able to exercise as much while in quarantine? Maybe not. Maybe. A lot of people, I feel like a lot of people doing a lot of push-ups in their house. But, you know, sometimes you want to get out of the house once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. This is a weird way of phrasing this. (laughs) This is, well, you should... uh, Maybe don't get out of the house, like, a lot, but, like... Get Maybe. out of the house and social distance. You and should social run. distance run. Yeah. I've seen some people do it. Um, we, we did it. <laughs> we did it. There's an organization uh, that we're promoting for this ad break. This is yeah, a I know. This is a thing. <laughs> um, we're not paid to do this. We just we we literally paid them. Um, so this is the Bigfoot run. Um, it is Bigfoot, the social distancing champion. 
Yes, yes basically. Um, so this run is uh, put on by, it's like all events community, or all community events, sorry. Um, and they're basically, they, they put on a social distancing run where you could do a 5K, a 10K, or a half marathon, um, and you pay for it like you would like a normal run, like if you were to do a run as an event, like we did one of these last year in Kino or in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, I think it was like a like a beer run. Um, yeah, they gave us beer. At yeah, they the gave end us beer. We ran a 10k and they gave us a beer afterwards. It was great. Um, but for this one, um, they mail you in a shirt. And basically, they just want you to go on a run, practice good social distancing, and text them your times of completion, um, and, you know, take some pictures and post it on their Facebook page. Um, but all of the money that um, you send over for um, registering for the run goes to a couple different organizations. So there's the Children's Hunger Alliance, the Mid-South Food Bank, Hunger Task Force, Whole Again, or if you want, when you sign up, you can also just split the donation evenly among all of the different food banks. Um, now, these are the specific ones for um, the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. They might differ depending on where you are and what you sign up for. So I'm going to leave in the show notes um, the sign up for, uh, I think it's the Lake Zurich one, but you can put in your location and it should still be the same. Yeah, and you have um, until May 10th to May 10th. do the run or make your donations under this event. So probably at the time of this podcast release, you still have like a week and a half. Yeah, and I mean, like we said, you don't have to participate in the actual run of the event, but um, donating to this is helping with uh, COVID relief for people who might be not working right now or potentially just like living off of food stamps at the moment and uh, basically a pittance considering the the pay that they got from the government jesus christ um, yeah i mean this the stip the stimulus that the government's sending out is uh lower than minimum wage so it's not going to be a lot of help to people who are minimum wage who got furloughed yeah so if you can um I would really appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if that matters at all, but like, I mean, we, we give you approval. <laughs> Doesn't that matter to you, listener? Exactly. Like we we give you content. Cringe. Uh, so please, if you can and if you have the means, please donate. If you can't, that's perfectly fine. Um, just maybe spread the word about it. You know. Um, like I said, the link will be in the show notes, so you can either share it or donate. We would help, or we would love the help either way. One more note. One more. Um, uh, we recently got approved to be on iTunes. Yay. So, yay. Um, so we are now on SoundCloud, Podbean, and iTunes. Those are all the different places that you're able to find us. I will put our Facebook page in the show notes as well. If you'd like to get a follow, I'm thinking about putting up Twitter soon as well. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All and right. We're back. We are back. We got popcorn. We ate popcorn so you don't have to hear us pop and crunch and all that good Just stuff. Nom, nom, nom. This isn't that kind of podcast. We're not an ASMR podcast. Is that ASMR? That sounds too grody to be ASMR. Just hearing us like munch on popcorn. That's got to be ASMR to somebody. That's 
I don't know if that's how ASMR works. It's gotta be like high frequencies, like. All right, we're not talking about ASMR. That's not, not our topic. So yeah, we're talking about food. Last week we talked about quarantine foods, um, in that we were talking about simple, sh- uh, shelf-stable foods that you could do a lot of things with before they spoil. Um, tonight we're gonna go in the opposite direction. We're talking about food intensified. We're talking about quarantine level of prep time and (laughs) dedication food time. Basically what happens when you have two foodies in the house that have all day to do nothing at all. So I'm going to start the timer in three, two, one. All right. So we're going to start off with basically what we ate. (laughs) This is like a what... What I eat in quarantine. What we um, ate in a week in quarantine. Um, so we ate last Smash week. Smash that like button. Subscribe. Stop. Hit the notification bell. <laughs> um, so last week we um, had a really fun time making a food that we really enjoy. And we usually get when we're out in Milwaukee. Which is Ethiopian food. Ethiopian food. It is Some of you is going to be like cringing slash... This is too hard. Goodbye now. Okay. I mean, it's not hard. It's not too hard for people to do. It's an unusual type of food. Like, there's... I know a lot of people who have never had Ethiopian food, I feel like. I mean, yeah. But also, it's really good. It's so freaking good. And there's a reason we always get it when we go to Milwaukee. Um, Alum Ethiopian Village. Crossing my fingers that they're still open at the end of this coronavirus please, crisis. Please, please. Um, cause they're not, I don't know if they're the type of restaurant that can really do takeout, um, because everything they serve is on a delicious, enormous, what, what's it called? The bread? Injera. In, yeah, injera bread. Orange, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I-N-J-E-R-A. It's a giant flat crepe that they serve. Like, yeah, it's like a soda water crepe. It's like soda bread, but crepe. Yeah, and it's like a foot and a half in diameter, and they literally give it to you with just piles of delicious stewed beans and vegetables on it, or me if you're into that thing. I don't judge a little, but you don't have to tell me. I'm just a humble podcast host. Yeah, it's like it's it's served on this bread, and you don't get utensils. It's just like finger food. You basically use the bread to eat with. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we don't have like the kind of equipment to make that kind of like intense soda bread crepe. I'm just saying soda bread crepe because I'm like white and I don't want to say this word wrong. <laughs> um, that is a wise have... choice that I did not make. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also probably failed on it. Um, but, you know, it's just it's a really, really nice bread. We tried it at first. We made it a couple times because we had a lot of leftover stewed veggies and um, chickpea dumplings, which, by the way, God, if you if you don't make anything except for the like one thing, make these chickpea dumplings with the stew because it's so fucking good. What are they called? I looked up the names of all these when I was making the when we were making them. Uh, would have been smart of us to actually uh, like put that up. Shimbra Asa. That's the Shimbra name Asa? of the chickpea dumplings. Yeah, that's my favorite thing I get when I go there um, to the Ethiopian restaurant. Um, but we, we made it, and it was really good. 
but like this bread, like we don't, you don't really have like the kind of equipment to make like that kind of size of bread. Right. So we just, we made like smaller crepes we made basically size portions basically and we just rolled them up because they like they put it on a, a giant piece of this bread and then they also um serve it with like little rolls of the bread as well like yeah as like little barriers between the different kinds of uh mixed veggie options that you put on the bread it's yeah. very cute they just give you like little rolls of bread like it's a rolls up napkin it's awesome. Oh my god. That's I want that more than a napkin. I love bread. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous how well they make it, especially when you compare it to our attempts at making it, which were not nearly as tasty or pliable. Yeah, the first time we made it, um we didn't have soda water. So uh we made it using beer. We used it uh, like a blue moon, which I don't recommend. I think Tom liked it, did, it a bit. It turned out a bit beery. I didn't hate it. I kind of did. Because, like, if you burn it, you definitely taste the beer more. And I, it, it was, like, my first attempt yeah. making it. And, like, I'm not good with, like, crepes per se. So, like, some of them came out burnt. And they just tasted too beery for me. Soda water works best. You don't, you don't have that yeah. kind of, like, multi taste. We used that on the second time around, which it was much better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was really good and a crazy thing to do. And it was just like both of us in the kitchen, like working at the same time, but like working towards a project. And I don't know if like, that's a thing that you as couples like doing, or maybe like as a family you would like doing, but just like having a really cool, like different kind of food or like a different yeah. style of cooking that you wouldn't normally do. And just like having the time, the resources and the family to do that with is yeah. honestly it's just like it's so much fun like yeah that's what they do at the restaurant like they'll give you this giant platter of bread with like 10 different kinds of food on it yeah and it's just like you making all of this in your home it's just like what this is wild so it's it's really cool and um i i highly recommend i highly recommend making this kind of like ethiopian food because i think it is something that not a lot of people get to try yeah um kind of come off as a bit intimidating and um i think i mean it's pretty intensive like this is this is like the intense version of quarantine foods so i mean if you if you I can't mean, make something like this that's fine yeah. like you don't, you don't have to <laughs> these are all like they're intense but i don't want to like scare anyone off like i think it, it's not that difficult to make the injera it's like if you can make pancakes you can make the injera if you have the ingredients if you can make like chili you can make the lentil stew like, yeah the reason i was like i don't i don't think i made the injera right is just because i'm a perfectionist and i was trying to make like pretty perfect circles and like make them into little rolls like if you're a perfectionist like me then it it's it's rough yeah. but like you know <laughs> it's it's not like uh, like complex to actively do right yeah i think the extraness comes from like we made a total of three different things to put on the injera bread. So but you don't have to. You can honestly just make one thing to go with the bread. You could, but we wanted to have kind of a smorgasbord, or I did at least. So we ended up making four different things and eating it over the course of like three nights. Actually, I feel like it was more than that. I feel like we spent like an entire week making or like eating this Ethiopian food and it was really really good. Um we still have some like leftover like of a cabbage type dish 
We do? In the freezer? Yeah. yeah. I put it in the freezer because it couldn't find root in the, the leftover container. But whatever. That's off well, topic. I know what I'm having for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> um, we also... Um, well, I also have been making something that I have not made since probably college, but like now I'm just like, I want little snack versions of things. So I've been making mug cakes, which is not like intense, but like thinking of different recipes is like kind of fun. Like I, I made, um, a pizza mug cake a couple times and that was just like a little slice of heaven on earth. It, it was, was just an abomination. So it should not have existed, and we he will pay for our crimes eventually. He, he's just he's scarred. I don't know what happened to him with pizza and mugs in a past life, but like honestly, this is just it's such a perfect little snack. Um, it's honestly one of the more easy, um, savory mug cakes. I'm trying to think of what other savory mug cakes I've made that I'm saying this, um, but like it's one of the easier mug cakes that I've made. Um, cause it's literally just like a dough. So like water, flour, um, baking soda, or I'm sorry, not baking soda, baking powder, which you basically add to every mug cake. Um, that's just like a little pro tip. If you're making any sort of mug cake, um, you add liquid. I mean, yeah, you add liquid. Um, but like you have, uh, baking powder basically and everything. It helps it rise. That's what makes it into like a more, um, a risen cake. Um, but like that with some like olive oil, um, some marinara sauce that we had, which I mean, it's not pizza sauce, but like it's, it's a sauce that we had. Um, and then we had like little pepperoni, um, slices. Cause I think we made pizza earlier in the week and I had like some, uh, mozzarella leftover too. So that was really nice. I love that. It was so good. And then I think I've made like, uh, chocolate oatmeal raisin cookie cake at one point. I'm getting very creative with my flavor. I think I made like a maple uh, walnut banana one at one point. Um, what else? A chocolate chip cookie one. I like, I don't want, see this is bad because like my birthday just happened and my family was really sweet and they gave me like this big ass cake. It's probably not like, it's like a six inch cake, which is like for the two of us is like, it's, it's going to last us. Oh, yeah. It'll take us a whole week to finish that thing. I mean, we could barely finish one slice, each of us, on that, like, I know, last but, night. like, I'm, I'm thinking about it now, and I'm like, damn, I'm probably going to want that later, because that was really good cake. I'm going to work out and then have another slice of that. I know, right? Um, but, yeah, like, even that, like, I, I don't want more than, like, a little bit of cake or a little bit of sweetness, and, um... Like, having, like, a mug cake is kind of, like, the perfect opportunity for that. Because, like, I'm not forced to have, like, a bunch of, sh like, cookies or something around the house or something. I make, like, one mug cake, and I'm like, All right, I'm good for, like, the next week or so. It's it's kind of nice. Yeah. And then, um, for me, last week, uh, I talked about brew home brewing as, as part of our last Quarantine Foods one. But it didn't yeah. really fit. Because it's, like, I don't know if... It's not really a thing that people will have normally in the house, like malt and fucking barley, raw barley. Hops. <laughs> Hops, yeah. Not a thing, but that's going well. Um, I might have had weed, because like 420, but not hops. <laughs> <laughs> they do smell like weed. I don't know why hops smell so much like weed. I'm pretty sure it's a derivative of the same plant, right? Is it hemp-based? I have no fucking idea. 
we went on a beer tour and I, I think she mentioned it, the, the tour guide, but I don't honestly remember. Y'all can just tell us we're wrong later, but like, yeah, I, I sure. think that's true. <laughs> but that's, that's going well. We did the, uh, the pour last night. That's like, it's been in the fermenter for two weeks. So you pour it into the, the bottles or in our case, we're putting them in Mason jars, moonshine style. <laughs> And you add, because I'm Southern, we have to have it that way. I'm yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> um, you have to add sugar, and then the yeast will like naturally carbonate it while it ferments another two weeks. Yeah. So. I don't know why we have to have a fermenter for it to ferment, and then bottles for it to ferment some more. It kind of seems like you could just skip to the bottles, but. Uh, it seems a little overkill. I don't know. We might just be impatient. Yeah, I, I mean, I know I am impatient. <laughs> Engin I'm an engineer by trade, so I can't, like, not look for ways where I could do things with multiple steps in one step. <laughs> I think when I was in college, I would cook pasta and measure out the, the water I used to cook the pasta in so that I could just put in dry sauce flavorings into the remaining water that the noodles were already sitting in. And just make it all in one pot without ever even draining the noodles. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> On to other delicious things. <laughs> um, I made uh, lasagna, which is like you're probably like, oh, that's not like an extra thing, but I made it. I made a pretty extra version of it just because like. I was feeling very cooky. I mean, we made like fucking four different fillings for this lasagna. It was pretty yeah. extra. It was very extra in how like much I did. I didn't have to do it to him, but I had to do it. I did to him. <laughs> she made two different kinds of cheese from nuts by hand, and we added a third kind of cheese to top the thing. Yeah, and we also had like a walnut TVP which is texturized vegetable protein if you're not vegan and you might not know. Um, yeah, so big insight into vegan culture. Uh, TVP <laughs> is basically soybeans that have been ground up and dehydrated, so they look kind of like Rice Krispies. Uh, and when you boil them, they basically turn into something that tastes like bread or nothing, uh, but it has the texture of ground beef. Yeah, so you can add it into like pasta sauces... Um, you can mix it into like stews or something, you know, depending on whatever you want to use it with, so long as you add flavor to it. Um, it kind of takes on like the same kind of thing of like any soy based thing. Like I'm pretty sure soy curls are some sort of, um, like derivative of TVP. Like they, they're like dried soy. So, I mean, that's yeah. seems pretty similar. It's, I think it's they, yeah, they're both come from like a similar process. Yeah. But so like soy curls are like the master sword of vegan proteins. If I was going to use a breath of the wild analogy, like <laughs> everyone knows about them, but uh, fuck, it's so hard to find them. Yeah. I've never actually seen them except for on like fancy vegan YouTubers who live in Los Angeles, like on their videos. I've been vegan for five years now. I've never laid eyes on a bag of soy curls. Yeah. In person. So I made, um, basically I made like this meat sauce with walnuts, uh, like chopped up walnuts and, uh, TVP, which I found the recipe for that 
on like some tasty video, but they use mushrooms instead of TVP, but I'm allergic to mushrooms, so I can't use that as like a meat substitute, which honestly, if you're vegan and you can't use a mushroom for a meat substitute, it kind of sucks. Because a lot of them are like mushroom based or something. It's a problem. (laughs) There's, I mean, having anything, having any food allergy sucks. When you're already a vegan and that's already, like, cutting the available ingredients you can use. But, like, mushrooms especially, because they're used so often to flavor meat substitutes. Yeah. I think the only worst one is, like, gluten. Yeah, which, God, if you're gluten-free and vegan, more power to you. I'm so sorry for your life. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, lasagna. Um, I made this, like, cashew crema. Um, which is honestly like it's it sounds fancier than it was. It was like boiled uh, and soaked cashews with some almond milk, uh, a little oil, and like garlic and uh, onion powder. Oh yeah, you only finally blended a mix of spices, prepared nuts for like by boiling them, soaking them, blending it all together, scooping it out of the blender at the perfect consistency. And then doing it all again for the ricotta. Oh, yeah, I made a tofu ricotta. Which... Well, I didn't get to that yet. I was trying to be humble. <laughs> Why? We're famous podcasters now. Um, I made a tofu ricotta, and that was really fun. I made that, like, a bunch of times. Honestly, it's really easy. Like, I keep saying it's really easy. She says These... it's easy. It's She does it amazing. I don't know how. I could not do what she does with the tofu ricotta. These components are like usually if you're okay, if you're vegan, you have nutritional yeast around. So like making things cheesy is pretty easy if you have that. Um, nutritional yeast is like this orange kind of like flaky powder that you add to things to thicken and also give like a really cheesy um, kind of flavor. Yeah, like a nutty umami cheesy flavor. Yeah. So a lot of vegans use it um, and. Honestly, like, I, aside from that and tofu, which is, like, super cheap, like, you need vinegar of some kind. Like, it really doesn't matter what kind. Um, Maybe, like, a pesto or basil if you just want to get, like, basil, the herb. Um, It doesn't even need to be, like, fresh basil. It could be just dried basil. I've done that before. Um, Like, lemon and um, garlic and onion powder. And that's it. Mixed with tofu. You honestly don't even need to blend it. You could just, like, break it up and, like, mix it with your hands or something. And that's, like, tofu ricotta. It would work. So, like, it's it's a really simple recipe. It's, it's honestly not as, like, intense as he's making it seem. But just, like, the fact that I did all of them together, like, all of these different components together for lasagna is probably why it sounds as crazy as it is. Because it was. Um, but it'll last us for a while. It's in the freezer now. Yeah. I honestly can't wait for the day when we bust it out again, reheat it, and eat it for dinner again, because it's, it's so dang good. Um, I also made brownies for my family because they came over and brought me, um, they brought me birthday stuff, and I haven't seen them for a while, so I made them brownies. We cleaned the kitchen. Nothing, nothing is contaminated, so. Yeah. They're, they're clean brownies, um, but I just, I made brownies with some, Thin mint Oreos in the middle, which is my specialty. I always put Oreos in brownies. They're Inception brownies. And that's our go. timer. 
Inception brownies. Think about it. Yeah, think about it. We ate those brownies, the leftovers, all this morning and made ourselves sick. So please think yeah, about for real. it. real. Oh, my God. We don't want to think about it anymore. All right, we're on to our last topic, which is a bit of a sour one, but it's a bit of a needed one. Had to be done. Had to be done. All right, starting. So, uh, lockdown protesters, get the, go home, you go home. fucking dickbags. You're idiots. Please go home. I mean, they're not going to listen to this because we've already said leftism three times. <laughs> so, that's, it's kind of like that the anti-Beetlejuice. If you say... Leftists, I don't know. three times in a mirror, they have to disappear. I don't know. They really like Sweden, and they're like, their policies regarding quarantine, and they're socialist. Do they? So, I don't know Sweden's quarantine policy. I honestly, I don't know Sweden's quarantine policy, but they're like, we should we should end up like Sweden. We should go by Sweden. And it's just like, what? What? I mean, most of them don't like Sweden, because Sweden lets in too many migrants. Or they don't like the, the leadership of Sweden. Yeah, yeah, but like, but like I, I've heard them, um, at least this is protester talk, I don't really know if this is like accurate, I mean, more often than not, the right wing conservative protesting talk is not really accurate, but Imagine like, that. yeah, right? Conservatives being inaccurate. Yeah, they they like the, the utopian elitism of Sweden, which I've heard of a lot of the time. I mean, but, there's definitely a lot of them that like the idea of Sweden. There's th they yeah. like the yeah, idea of a like, lot of European countries and not their actual government or people's opinions or policies. Exactly. Like, they like the imaginary version of it, which is just, like, it's not actually true. Right. It's just this portrayal. Um, but that's, like, a whole different topic. Yeah, we're talking about the coronavirus lockdown protests. Um, if you have not heard about this in the news... Um, which I, I really didn't hear too, I, I'm kind of like, haven't really been paying t attention, I guess. Um, but I haven't really heard about it too much until recently. Um, the fact that there are protesters who are going out in the streets in collective to basically protest the lockdown and any further of it, like any further amount of it. Yeah, like it's an authoritarian thing to force, you know, people to stay home. Stay home. Small like, businesses have to be closed. Their freedom is getting oppressed by staying home. Yeah, so basically, thousands of Karens took to the streets with signs saying, I want a haircut. <laughs> um, and the, yes. the internet largely focused on them. Which is definitely a component of these protests. There's a lot of like these middle class to upper class people who uh, desperately want businesses to reopen. I wonder why. Yeah, why is that reason? Interestingly enough, there's a lot of like right wing talking points like now that we should reopen the country for the good of the economy, right? Even though people are gonna die, most of them will say like, oh, it won't be that bad. Or all those people are going to die anyway. Or we, the noble uh, people in favor of reopening the government, are willing to sacrifice our lives to save yeah. the American economy. Which Only is absolute bullshit. Yeah, most of the people who say that argument, like, for instance, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, or, you know, 
McMansion housewife Karen. Yeah, any basically any Fox News correspondent. <laughs> yeah, these are all people who aren't going to be in the line of fire. Like, they want a haircut. They're not a hairdresser. They want a haircut. They own their own businesses. They can work from home. They don't have to put themselves on the line when exactly. the economy reopens. And, I mean, if you've listened to last week tonight, uh, John Oliver kind of touched on this as well. Um, but just the fact that, like, Fox News correspondents are basically sounding boards for this, but they don't actually believe in this bullshit. They're just doing it because it makes them money and big businesses are paying them to. Like, they literally have lockdown procedures in place and quarantines in place. So, yeah. like, clearly, they're just saying this en masse so it gets into people's head, but it's not actually something they believe in. It's just something that the corporations want them to say. Right, and we know they don't believe it because they have furloughed their employees and made all of them work from home and quarantined themselves as much as possible. So why exactly are people out there in the streets protesting? What drove them to kind of get into this idea that we should be protesting a lockdown that is so severely like needed right now yeah and you know one of the main criticisms of how the states a lot of bigger states like new york california have been handling this lockdown is um uh trump is going on the news and saying that they are politicizing the coronavirus can you believe that I can't believe that at all. No, not at all. Politicizing this pandemic? Can you imagine what a horrible person would do that kind of thing? Monsters. Absolute monsters. Anyway, um, over the weekend, a lot of... Completely unrelated. <laughs> over the weekend, pro uh, protests and lockdown erupted in a lot of... Um, there were four or five states, probably. Yeah. Which Like Michigan, um, Wisconsin, Colorado. Yeah. Colorado? Really? I think so, yeah. I suppose, yeah. It's a lot of... They, they don't look that similar on the surface, but uh, when you look at their position as swing states with liberal governors, yeah, something kind of falls into focus. Um, on, on the day of these protests, Trump tweeted out, uh, liberate Michigan, liberate Wisconsin, liberate etc etc for all these states that uh, were having these protests i only remember michigan and wisconsin because michigan is kind of the focus of a lot of the reporting and wisconsin is the state in which we live michigan held this protest um who's who who leads the protest well i have operation gridlock down as what it's called basically um that's like the Facebook group or whatever. But who funds Operation Gridlock? Who f yeah, who who organized Operation Gridlock? It's the uh, the Michigan Freedom Foundation. Yes. Which is and yeah. Who funds that? Who funds them? That's very interesting. Uh, it looks like very recently the Michigan Freedom Fund, oh Freedom Fund, not Foundation, has received over five hundred thousand dollars from none other than the DeVos family, who you may mm. recognize from being the former Secretary of Education under Trump. Yeah. See, see how we kind of like played at like that. We weren't talking about like we were talking about Trump when we were saying it was game political. We were talking about Trump. Yeah, we like halfway planned this. Yeah. Um, it sounded like it, didn't it? Like, we actually sounded yeah. very... <laughs> no, it, I'm pretty sure it sounded like we didn't know what we're doing because we didn't. 
<laughs> we really don't ever. <laughs> we, I have like three news articles on my phone, and past that, we just wing it. <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, Michigan's Operation Gridlock um, was co-hosted by the Michigan Freedom Fund and the Michigan Conservative Coalition. Um, both of these parties obviously have strong political ties to, you know, Trump's administration. Trump's administration, the Tea Party, neo-Nazis, anyone left of, you know, not left, anyone to the right of Joe Biden. Yeah. So what we're seeing here is protests that are advocating for people coming together to basically get sick. <laughs> yeah. Petulantly, I don't know how to describe that. It's like, like I've seen flyers for these protests that are like, bring your children, don't wear a mask. Yeah, it's it's awful. It's it's gross misunderstanding. It's abhorrent behavior by the media, um, like Fox News, like all of these right-wing conservative outlets that are telling people not to pay attention yeah. to... Um, Fauci is that his name? Is that his name? It's like Italian. I think Fauci or Fauci, yeah. one of one of those. Like they're they're basically like chanting like how he's wrong. I I don't really know. Yeah, they had like this chant like saying like, don't believe him or something like that. And right. It's just like, you're really going to say that about a doctor who is telling you about a virus that he has been nothing but forthcoming with research on. That one's weird to me, too, because he's like, he's not Trump's guy, but he's working with Trump. Exactly. And it's just like, it's, At least it's as I so terrible that. to see. Trump has been vocal about these protesters and basically stating that they have cabin fever, quote-unquote. Oh, yeah. And that is why... <laughs> cabin fever, unlike, you know, the actual 101 to 102 degree fever that a lot of people are dealing with right now. Wait, you know, it's just cabin fever. The fact... The absolute gall of this man, it's, it's 100% a political ploy. He is using this kind of conservative advocacy in these swing states. Um, to better his campaign. Yeah. He's bringing them up to better his campaign. And the supporters know it, too, because they bring these signs, like, I mean, apart from all the horrific, like, blocking of hospital entrances that these protesters do, there's also protesters bringing guns, um, you know, bringing Confederate flags, just all the fucking horrible racist emblems. You know what I mean? All these things that are, like, emblematic of the fucking alt-right, neoconservative fusion that is his supporter base. Yeah, it's awful. Um, I'm reading this Politico article that basically says that Trump has repeatedly picked fights with governors during the pandemic, quibbling over the availability of tests and medical supplies, as well as whether the president has authority to force states to rescind stay-at-home orders. So basically, it is the federal government fighting with liberal state legislators um, who are trying to not open up early. Damn. You know, the irony just hit me that a bunch of Confederate flag-waving goons went to their state legislator to protest that they weren't going to let the federal government force them to open up the state. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> oh my god. But yeah, you you see where he's basically trying to use these protesters, these people, through yeah. money, through organizations that he's funding to basically yeah. back his campaign and back this economic focus of COVID. States rights! No, not that kind! <laughs> yeah, it's just... It's ridiculous. And, um... The states, the the hospital staff have obviously handled this with all the aplomb that, I mean, you'd expect from these people who are doing the best they can in this pandemic. It's really Basically, like putting their fucking lives on the line for people. It's a stunning image to see a man who has probably seen multiple people die in a hospital bed that morning walk out onto the street to block a truck full of like white boomers screaming that they want a haircut so that they don't block the entrance to the hospital. It's it's really heartbreaking because like I know people who work in healthcare right now and I I know the immense stress that they're under and how like I mean I'm sure many people have seen like videos of like all of these healthcare like crying just saying like please stay home please stay safe yeah. like there's there's literally not enough room in the for these bodies that they have in certain hospitals because they just they don't have the space for how many people have died from this that is so terrible to think about and to think of people protesting right outside hospital doors yeah for no reason you're protesting you're screaming at nurses who have held the phones of people who are dead to record their last messages to their family. It's really just unfucking speakable how horrible this, this shit is. And Trump is just eating it all up. That fucking shit-eating grin that he has on his face constantly. God. This helps his campaign because, you know, he's bringing people out there, the working class out there, to, you know, advocate for opening up the economy again, for bettering it. I mean, like... It's all a farce. It's crazy. You know who really cares about opening up the economy again? The rich assholes who think that they're losing money on the stock market from it. Elon Musk cares. You think the working class gives a shit that the stock market is tanking? No. Like... <laughs> it's it the working class by and large i assume I, I mean i shouldn't assume but fuck it i'm working class in a sense yeah and i think that the price of oil being negative is fucking hilarious it's so great and right <laughs> yeah anyone who lost money on the stock price of oil is like go fuck yourself yeah no one cares <laughs> i'm sorry no one cares i'm gonna buy a bunch of oil and store my storage unit in the basement. You can buy it from me later, <laughs> asshole. I'm going to use this cheap-ass oil to go burn down a corporation. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to commit arson. I promise, cops. Don't don't fight me. Yeah. No, Maybe. Uh, no FBI. We're not home. We're not home. Leave a message af- after the guillotine. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this isn't like... And, and there are states that have been trying that have been considering legislation from what i hear that's like to say basically to crack down on these counter protests by deeming protests unnecessary which is not a great idea i don't think yeah no i think uh and there are a lot of yeah. sorry go ahead 
there's I just want to say like there are good ways to protest even during the midst of a pandemic. Um, for instance, there's been a lot of protest of prisons where yeah. inmates yeah. are you know trapped in close proximity to each other. That's kind of the point of a prison uh, when there are confirmed COVID cases inside. There, there isn't really um, a need to shut down protesting altogether. Like, it's not, I hate saying this because it sounds so gross, but protesting is your right as an American, I guess. It's your right as a human. The government doesn't get to stop you from expressing your disapproval of them. But, like, there's ways to do it. And there's, like, one way to do it is you could spit in the face of a nurse who is putting his life and sanity on the line to save people. We don't advocate for that one. That's not nice. Don't do that. Uh, but one way that leftists have been pres- uh, protesting prisons that are not you know, releasing their inmates is uh, they've been uh, driving to the governor's mansion or the prison gates and staying in their cars and honking their horns or using their megaphones from their cars and all staying, you know, socially distant from one another. Yeah. Like, there's some really funny, badass ways you can protest, and there's some really gross, hornous ways. Hornous. Honus. Heinous. <laughs> okay, I was wondering what you're trying to get at there. I, words. Words are hard for me right now. I don't know why. But, like. <laughs> Uh, it's just, it, there's gross and heinous ways to protest, and there's good ways to protest that are awesome and badass, but, like, you should definitely learn about how to do it, um, and how to do it right, <laughs> how to do it left. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, we're um, changing the name of the podcast, sorry guys. Um, I do believe, um, a lot of good ideas about how to protest and organize right now, um, are found on genstrike.org which um, is currently giving you ideas about how to, you know, protest um, against uh, rent, um, you know, mortgages, uh, Fucking Spectrum bills. saying they're cut off our internet so we can't upload the podcast. <laughs> Call to <Don't> action! <laughs> if you like having this podcast up, protest Spectrum so I can continue to not pay my internet bill. <laughs> Um, just, you know, uh, genstrike.org. I'll leave it in the show notes as well, but they, um, they give you some good ideas on how to protest, uh, social distancing wise, you know, like we want to stay together and we want to make sure that we can, um, get our voices out there, the right voices out there, the right information out there, the not left voices. the left voices, the information that is needed. All right. And that's time. That is time for us. That's our our last big old topic. Um, lightning round. <laughs> lightning. Yeah. Oh my God, Tom's the sound effect. I don't need to put one in anymore. Uh, all right, I'm nervous and scared. Let's do it. We're doing two minutes this time. I think last time we did three minutes, so we're gonna yeah. do a lightning round of two minutes. I don't know what we're talking about. All right, so two minutes. You're a little bit more familiar with this because you've been playing so much Animal Crossing. Dinosaurs, go! Dinosaurs! Um, okay. <laughs> What's your favorite uh, dinosaur or prehistoric creature? Um, my favorite dinosaur is very generic. I like the raptors, but the raptors that are in Jurassic Park, which are not really raptors, 
they're like not modeled after the raptors they're uh, modeled after something else i don't remember what they're called so they're they're kind of modeled after um they as the main inspiration they take dinonychus dinonychus uh or dinonychus okay i like them i think they're really cool i named my car after blue from uh <laughs> jurassic, jurassic world the best jurassic park movie yeah, because she's very old. She an old car. Um, and I don't know. I, I like... Dinosaurs uh, might have driven that car. Shut up. <laughs> I, I liked watching Walking with Dinosaurs, Walking with the Dinosaurs, um, when I was like a preteen to like older with my dad. He used to get the DVDs from the library and we'd watch it all the time. I recent, I actually rewatched the whole Walking with uh, series like less than a year ago and it largely holds up it's still really fucking good yeah i think my dad watches them from time to um we got curiosity curiosity stream yeah and they have a lot of different um dinosaur podcasts dinosaur podcast dinosaur tv shows and things as well curiosity stream please sponsor yeah sponsor us we'll talk about your shit all the time we'll have a 20 minute segment about them i swear to god um but like yeah it's just it's really cool. I like dinosaurs and like I have like a lot of dino socks. I think they're very fun. <laughs> Did you like my generic dino talk? Because I don't want to sound like an idiot because I don't know a lot about specific dino stuff. <laughs> yeah, but like we've been having fun with like the Animal Crossing stuff. Like that's always when she's oh, yeah. when she's playing and she gets a new fossil. That's always like when I when I get off my phone and I run into the room to see what what's up with the new fossil. Yeah, I, I legit will just like be like, Tom, come here, I got a new fossil. Like I I love having time to show him my museum updates. Yeah, and I'll be like, you got a Namalacaris. Oh! It's very fun to watch how excited he gets. <laughs> um, but yeah, we went over the two minute mark again. I mean, I'm sorry. It was yeah, it happened. Uh, yeah, yeah. Please don't fire us as your podcast hosts. <laughs> yeah. You were paying us so much. We can't afford to go without it. Exactly. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Um, I I don't know how many people are listening, but whoever you are, we really appreciate it anyway. We're, we just, yeah. we're going to keep doing this no matter what, because honestly, it's just really fun. Thanks for coming, fuckers. Have a good week. <laughs> Have a good week. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.